And so we welcome our travel guide, our travel expert, Sally Lucas. Sally, it's been a thousand years, I think, since I've uh, spoken to you. And <laughs> it feels like it, doesn't it, Mark? And I can't wait, hopefully, to come back in a couple of weeks to be in the studio. It'll be wonderful. I think it always has to be, somebody has to be off before I can get a gig on Talking Travel. So it's a, it's a happen, it's an amazing thing. Um, Sally, lots happening happening in the travel space, but let's start with uh, some ref- things a little bit refined. You've got something in the luxury yeah. space for us today. Absolutely. And I think people are looking for this at the moment, Mark, after the last you know tumultuous 18 months or so that we've had. They haven't spent their money doing you know the normal overseas trips. So they've probably got a little bucket of money set aside for when the world opens up. So one is Australia and one is New Zealand, and both of these are private jet tours. How wonderful would that be? I think the one of Australia is phenomenal. It's actually Melbourne back to Melbourne. Um, it only takes 70 passengers, It's what 80 passengers rather. It's a, what they call a Fokker 70, um, which is a turbojet aircraft, and you have it all to yourself. They rotate seats so no one misses out on what they're seeing. So, for example, you start in Melbourne, you go down to Hobart, you have some beautiful time down there. They time it so you're there for the Salamanca markets. You've got lots of lovely inclusions there. Then on the way out, you fly over to all these flyovers. The uh, captain has been given permission to fly at lower altitude and do figure eight flyovers, a lot of our most scenic flights. Which, oh, wow. Which, you know, I've said before, a lot of these sites, you can't see properly from ground level. You can only get the idea of how expansive they are from the air. So then you're flying over Cradle Mountain, you're doing a figure eight over there. Then you go on to Port Lincoln, which is known to be one of the best seafood places in Australia and supplies most seafood. You go to these wonderful fish restaurants there. Then you go on and taste some Coffin Bay oysters. Then you go on to the Barossa Valley and spend time there at a beautiful restaurant St Hugo's with wine tastings. Then on the way across to the west, you fly over the Bunda Cliffs, which are famous on the Nullarbor Plain. Then you go on to Kalgoorlie and do a flight over the huge super pit, the biggest in the world. And you then go on to Margaret River, which is famous, of course, for its wineries. And you have beautiful lunches and wine tastings down there. Then you go up to Broome and you get to go, um, of course, to see the wonderful um, Gantome Point, where the dinosaur footprints are. You get the option there to do a day flight is optional, not on the jet, like a smaller plane that takes you up to the horizontal falls, um, if you wish to do that. And then you go on and fly over the Bungle Bungles, which are remarkable in themselves, just out of Kununurra. Across, then you do a, a figure eight again over Arnhem Land, on to Darwin, you do a sunset cruise, then you go down to Uluru, and you also have the Sounds of Silence dinner, the Field of Light display. Of course, you do a figure eight, naturally, over Uluru. And then you go via Longreach, Cairns, Hamilton Island, Broken Hill, back to Melbourne. What a wonderful itinerary. 16 days, Melbourne return, May, June and August next year. They've got savings at the moment of $1,000 per person, which you can book up till the 31st of March. And the thing is, a lot of those ones, it'll actually be a couple of good things because it's in mid-next year. Um, hopefully, you know, everything... New Zealand will be open. I mean, New Zealand will be open. West Australia will exactly. be open mm-hmm. by then. I mean, he's saying April, so these don't start till May. I mean, he may bow to pressure and open before April, but knowing McGowan, he probably won't. Yeah. But anyway... That's another story. Um, yeah, so that's one, but then the other one is quite lovely as well. Now, this is on a different type of aircraft. It's on a British Aerospace 
146200 and takes 80 passengers. Again, the pilot's been given special permission to do some low flyovers. Um, but because it's a smaller jet, it can't fly direct like from Sydney to New Zealand. So they actually fly via Norfolk. It's just a fuel stop. You're not actually spending time there. And then you go on and you go to the Bay of Islands and Auckland and Waiheke Island doing some wonderful things there. Rotorua, of course, you can't miss down to Christchurch. And then they put you on that wonderful train, the Transalpine, across beautiful mountainous scenery across to Greymouth on the west coast. The plane picks you up again there and you do, do a fly down the west coast over the wonderful Mount Cook. Um, you go down to a uh, fly over Wanaka, then down to Dunedin. Of course, you do Queenstown, and from Queenstown you do Milford South, and then you come back um, via Queenstown to fly home via Norfolk Island again. Now, again, we don't know when New Zealand's opening up, so that'll all hinge. They did have dates starting from the 26th of February going through to December, but, of course, that February-March dates may not happen, but they may not, you know, start up till the September, October, November, December dates. But it still will be happening next year. And they've got savings on that one of $500 per person if you book by the 31st of March and some extra savings if you pay in full 10 months ahead. The good thing about these, Sally, is that the fact that they are still a little bit off, I mean, yes, firstly, that things might be even more calmed down by then, but you actually get to have that best part about a trip is the anticipation of I've got that thing that's happening a couple of months down the road. Exactly, exactly. And like all companies now, obviously, you know, if you've paid your deposit or whatever and things don't open up, of course you're going to get a full refund um, or or a credit at least, you know what I mean? So you can book with a little bit more, you know, confidence these days that, that you're not going to be so out of pocket. Um, for any of these things as well, which is which is good, oh, and there's well, lots fantastic. of companies. Yeah, got lots of offers at the moment. Like the um, as I was saying to Jane last week, all the cruise companies are just champing at the bit, you know, to to get down here. But not only ones getting down here. Like when we went to Norway a couple of years ago, how lucky were we to get that in? It was just before COVID, and did the Hurti Group and Norwegian Coastal Express, which is absolutely spectacular. It's such a spectacular country, and they've got some incredible savings on there for sailings into 22 and 23, you know, and giving you $1,500 on board credits and all sorts of rebates. So, you know, you just need to talk to your travel agent, as we've been saying these days, because it's more of a minefield than before COVID to get your correct information. We get it from the horse's mouth. So support your local industry. We desperately need your support. All travel agents do, like any other small industry. And, yeah, you know, we get all the info direct from the insurance companies, the airlines, uh, you know, all, all the health regulations we can check for you on T- DFAT or Smart Traveller. Um, and we, we just love to see your support local industry like all local industries as i said yeah loving look at that of course uh, we know that the flights internationally uh, for some can uh, kick off from next monday i just wonder how people are going to enjoy having and uh, put an asterisk on this i'm not a fan of the rule but we all do the rules yeah. um i uh, wonder how people are going to enjoy doing a long-haul flight with a mask on sally only having it off to uh, well, uh to eat and drink to me i think the most most of the people that are traveling at the moment mark are not won't be holiday makers because they're not prepared to do that. It's people desperate to see family on the other side of the world and vice versa for them to come here. So I think you'll find that most of the travelling public for long haul will be family. It'll be more that urgent really, stuff, yeah. Yes, I really don't think you're going to see the travelling public wanting to have such restrictions until they're lifted. That's my feel. They might be happy to do Pacific travel or, you know, travel where it's only a matter of a few hours, but 23 or 24 hours with a mask on for most of the flight. And some of the airlines have even said, wait for this, that 
um, I was reading last week, I can't remember the airlines now off the top of my head, that you can only have your mask off to put food in your mouth and then you've got to put it back on to chew and swallow. Make of those rules, Sally, what you will. I know. So, <laughs> And then you've still got your vaccine passport. You've still got to think about the countries you're going to. Do they accept our vaccine passport? What happens, you know, do you have to quarantine? Do you have to have another COVID test on arrival as one when you have when you leave here? You know, it's not going to be easy and you're looking at minimum four hours check-in now for international flights. So, yes, it's it's not going to be as a pleasurable, I don't think if I can put it that way, Mm. journey to start with. If if it's for family reasons, I would be the first on a plane if I hadn't seen my family for a couple of years, you know, and I I would put up with it. Yeah, all right, Uh, some interesting times ahead, Sally, for the travel industry, but I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more about uh, some of the other great things that are happening there with you next Friday. Look forward to seeing you soon, Sue, to Sally. By the way, have a great weekend. You too, Mark. Thanks for that.